All right, welcome in, everyone. It's going to be a very baseball-centric edition of the Final Score podcast. Very proud to be presented by PFP Players Fitness and Performance. Uh, Frederick Keys opened their season Thursday night against the Winston-Salem Dash at uh, Nimeo Field at Harry Grove Stadium. Uh, we'll talk to Jeff Arnold, the team's uh, director of broadcasting and uh, public relations. So we'll talk to him about the team, uh, his job, uh, how he prepares uh, for, for a baseball season. It, it, it's a long grind, uh, 140 games, uh, and, and Jeff works most of his summer. Uh, just about every day he's got something to do, a game to broadcast, and even on the off days, uh, Jeff often has some work to do. So we'll talk to him about that, what he's looking forward to the most, and uh, some of the promotions, uh, some of the great guests the Keys have uh, come into the ballpark. So we look forward to talking to Jeff in uh, just a couple of minutes. The team had their media day on uh, Tuesday of this week. Our man uh, Joe Ferraro of the FNP Sports Department was there. And uh, Joe, I, I know you talked to uh, the, the top prospect on the team, uh, D.L. Hall, uh, their, yep. their ace, the, the, the guy that I believe will start uh, Thursday night against the Dash, right? Actually, uh, he's going to be he's going to be starting on Saturday, Saturday the, okay. the, the, the one p.m. game. So uh, I, I imagine that's going to be a, a big crowd with uh, you know the the, the weekend uh, there and uh, the early game. So uh, yeah, should should be should be fun. Yeah, DL, the number two prospect, I believe, in the entire uh, organization. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, top um, prospect in the South Atlantic League last year. Right. So. He, had, he had a great season. His record wasn't yep. so great. If you look at his record, I think it was like two and seven. But 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 his ERA was was, was uh, phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I think it was just over two. So he had a really good season, even though his record didn't show it uh, last year for the Shorebirds. Uh, what, what what struck you about DL and, and sort of talking to him? Just that it seemed like he's uh, got a very calm uh, demeanor, and you know I, I really got that just uh, by him talking to me about you know some of the you know some of the issues he had uh, you know once he once he got out of high school and started playing pro ball he he lost his curveball for some reason just couldn't couldn't get a feel for it but uh, and then uh, he's like okay well. Uh, you know, this this is just uh, you know opportunity to uh, you know to to work on other things. Uh, you know, work on work on the changeup. You know, something that'll be able to complement that that high that uh, good fastball, uh, mid nineties fastball. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like uh, he's he's the type of guy that doesn't get get rattled. I mean, he's known for having a nice, uh, repeatable, smooth delivery. Just uh, cool, calm, and uh, collected guy. What did he do to get the pitch back? Did, did he say? You know what? Uh, it, not only could he, you know, could he not explain, you know, how he, you know, he lost it, you know, to begin with, and you know, very few uh, pitchers who who lose a, you know, a feel for certain pitches can can give you that that, that sort of explanation. And um, on the other side of the coin, uh, you know, you really can't, uh, you know, can't. Um, explain you know how he got it back but he he, he did got get it back uh in spring training this year and so that's that, that i think is you know really gonna you know gonna help him uh you know be even more effective than, than what he was i mean here's a guy who struck out you know nine and a half batters per nine innings without you know one of the two pitches that you know uh scouts you know really drooled over when he was in in high school really sharp snapping curveball and and now that he's got it back and you know, to to do um, to to go into this season after he already had a, a, a great season, where where you know, aside from the record, you know, everything else is 
you know, is 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 substantial. It's going to be interesting and uh, looking forward to seeing how he does. He he's a guy that can rely on four pitches, right? Yep, yep. He's got he's got the fastball uh, and the changeup. That's the pitch that he worked on last year. Uh, you know, refining it and making it uh, an effective pitch. And he he throws a slider as well to to left-handed hitters. Uh, DL being a left-handed pitcher, so. So uh, that that pitch is uh, pretty effective against the uh, against the lefties. So so yeah. So we'll see uh, w- we'll see what happens. But yeah, sort of interested to see how uh, how it all goes. Uh, I think he's going to do well. I was curious about his personality. Does he seem like an outgoing guy? Is he more reserved? Does, does he like the spotlight, or does he pr- prefer to remain in the shadows? Did you did you get much of a sense for that? I I, I think he uh, yeah he 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 does want to you know stay out of the spotlight. Uh, so. You know, yeah, calm, calm, calm guy, calm. You know, very respectful, respectful. Uh, you know, young man. So, so yeah, uh, that's. Uh, that, but that's he's, but he's not a life of the party. You don't necessarily I, know it when he's in the room. <laughs> I, I I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you know, during media day, uh, you know, all these guys have their. Um, had their obligations to you know sign balls you know for you know sponsors and, and whatnot and so you know yeah it's not like you know hey he stood out among right among well, a, 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 who, everybody and who knows um, we're not we're not everybody else yeah. so uh, and, right uh, but uh, yeah at that at that point in time you know he he just seemed like you know like one of the guys and you know when I asked him about you know the spotlight or. You know that, that that label of hey he's he's a 2017 number one draft pick how how, how he handles that and he, he basically uh, to to make it short just says, sees himself uh, you know as one of the guys who's one of the many guys in minor league baseball who who's trying to get better and better and slowly slowly climb the ladder yeah i mean you more or less asked and answered the question that i was getting at how does he handle the attention and the pressure of 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 being in that spot being the ace being a guy that a lot being the number two prospect in the organization being a guy that a lot is expected of and i mean we 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 don't know these guys for all we know he might be the most outgoing gregarious person ever and and we just haven't been around him enough uh, to know right um it it seems like uh the team is going to rely heavily on it on its pitching uh, this year um, because they have some other good players sure that, that pitched well in Delmarva last year so it seems yep. to be the, the pitching was good last year you had Zach Lowther you had Alex Wells who pitched in the futures game uh, yep. it seems like they're going to rely on pitching to win games I think so I think so and and the other two guys that are coming up with him who also spent a full season at Delmarva Brennan Hanafi and Cameron Bishop I mean these guys uh you know, very, very good control. You know, less than two walks. You know, per per nine innings, and so, so, so. Uh, you know, yeah, I think they're they're going to do well. I mean, this this high this level. You know, high A ball. All too often, you get pitchers who, who who get here and uh, they sort of hit a brick wall, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I I think it'll be it'll be the other way around though. It is encouraging for the Orioles organization that we're actually talking about pitching at it's at some of their lower sure. levels because this is an organization that has an awful track record in, in terms of right. developing pitchers. So so it's nice to see that some of these guys are actually doing well in the minor leagues and, 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 and project to be serviceable major league pitchers at some point too. Sure, sure. And if, um, you know, hypothetical situation, here here are, you know, the three guys that we just talked about, D.L., uh, Brendan Hanafy, Cameron Bishop, uh, guys that, you know, if it's a deal where they come up together – 
you know, through the ranks. And then, you know, if they do get to the big leagues, I mean, that's uh, that, that'd be pretty good for, you know, for the organization to have uh, all these guys, a bunch of guys uh, who are 23 and younger. You know, DL is uh, is 20 years old. So is Brendan Hanafy, I believe, Cameron Bishop. Yeah, and, these, are, these aren't guys and, that are um, hanging on for dear life, and, just, just trying right, to make right. it one day. Yeah, yeah. Cameron Bishop, I, I believe uh, a couple of the other guys, um, Mike Bauman, uh, Matthias Dietz, these are 23-year-olds. So, so yeah, it's a nice young uh, young core. And, you know, if they if they all come up together uh, in the big leagues, uh, it, it could have the makings of a nice, nice strong rotation. And I, I know you talked to their pitching uh, coach, uh, too. What, what was yes. your takeaway from him? I mean, he's got to be happy with what he has to work with. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's got to be uh, – you know, great comfort level, you know, for him, because as far as, you know, the pitchers on the staff, you know, with the exception of uh, David uh, LeBron, who they got in a trade with Texas recently, uh, he's he's worked with all of these guys. He was the pitching coach over at Delmarva last year. So uh, not, not only does he know uh, all the ins and outs of um, of the game, you know what pitches they all throw. But you know he's able to he's able to establish a personal relationship with the, these guys, and I think that's going to help. Yeah, I mean Ryan Miner's back as as manager uh, for another year. I think this will be his third season in charge uh, in charge of the key, second in a row because he he did manage the team last year. And man, Joe, it's just as far as the rest of the team, it's like who knows? Because I mean we're <laughs> we're at the start of a season. Even the guys we think we know that they're, they're they're playing at different levels, so it's really hard to get a grasp <laughs> right. at, at this time of year for how good the team can be. I I think the, it'll be interesting to watch the offense because that, that that that's more of the unknown. How sure. how, how are they going to score runs? I mean, most of their top prospects are, are, are pitchers uh, on, right. on this team. So it'll be interesting to see how the offense comes together and develops. And will they have to win games one nothing, 2 nothing? Will they have to win low-scoring games? Or can they right. actually score runs and, and actually – uh, provide some nice support to what should be a pretty good pitching staff. Right. So, uh, and they've got some pieces. Uh, you know, Joe Marreyes, who's uh, who's got some slugging ability. He, he's going to be. He's going to be. Back. He's probably not yep. thrilled to be back for his third season in Frederick. <laughs> but um, right, he's he's had some injuries that he's yeah. had, to, had to deal with. Uh, so, so he's I mean, I'm be curious back. to see if he'll they'll keep him at uh, well this new group, this new set of right. eyes that the Orioles have. If they'll keep him at third base, because I mean, Joe Mar has potential, but but I, he's, he's never struck me as being a. a Third base doesn't seem to be his position. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. But and, you know, they've got a couple of other guys as well. Um, you know, uh, th- that really did well for Delmarva last year. Uh, Zach J- uh, Jarrett and and also uh, they, they've got a, a speedster, uh, Kirvin uh, Mesquit, who stole forty nine bases last year. So, so yeah, they they got some pieces. But um, you know, is it a you know a, a lineup uh, right now on paper that that's going to score six seven runs a game? Uh, I, I don't think so. We'll we'll just have to see how it plays out. And, and I, I think it'll be interesting with this new front office and this new analytical mindset of the Orioles, like how that will impact the team over the course of the season. What sort of moves sure. they make, who they move up, who who they who they keep on the same level, who who they might drop down. I mean, this is this is the new way of doing things for the Orioles, and there haven't been huge changes with the key so far. But but you expect to see some over the next year or two as as this new front office gets to know some of these players a little better. So yep, uh, big big crowd at media day. Well, was it was it a big turnout or um, I know you guys were in the mattress warehouse club, not on right, the field right, right. as usual. So there were, there, uh, it, there were a few uh, a yeah. few people out there. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't think any of these guys were the, the players that is overwhelmed with you know hordes of right. 
of us, uh, but uh, pretty pretty aware. Uh, and what were they? You said they were signing baseballs and stuff that will be given yep. away eventually. And yep, yep. Cards too, or just 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 baseballs. Baseballs, so. uh, from what I saw, yeah, that's a, that, yeah. that's all that was there. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, we get some baseball weather for opening day. I mean, it, it's getting yeah. better, and we, we we should have a good forecast. But um, yep. Joe, thanks a lot. I appreciate you coming in and talking about Media Day. Not a problem. uh, Glad to do it. We'll continue our discussion about the Frederick Keys with their director of uh, broadcasting and public relations, Jeff Arnold, and he is on deck. Like that baseball term I used there, Jeff is on deck next here on the Final Score podcast. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. Be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. We are back here on the Final Score Podcast. Thanks for staying with us. The Frederick Keys open their season at Nimeo Field at Harry Grove Stadium on Thursday evening. They take on the Winston-Salem Dash. Uh, start of a seven-game series, a seven-game home series to, to start the season for the Keys. Uh, their director of broadcasting and public relations is Jeff Arnold. Always been a very kind and helpful person to me, and he is sitting across from me in our podcast studio right now. Jeff, how are you, man? Greg, I'm doing well. Good to be with you again as we get ready for the 2019 Frederick Keys baseball season. Yeah, how is your off season? There's off busy. seasons for broadcasters too. Yeah, you know what? Not really. My I'm busy pretty much 12 months out of the year. So after baseball season ends, I start football a couple of days later. And then this year I was doing George Washington men's basketball and women's basketball and then the NBA G League and a couple of ACC Network events. So between all of that stuff, I had Christmas, a day or two at Thanksgiving, and then a couple of days in December when GW students had finals and when the, the G League team was on the road. So a couple of really short breaks, but... Uh, for the most part, super, super busy and just rolling into the next season. And, and all that stuff is in addition to your day job uh, with, with, with the keys, uh, too. It is. And so a lot of days, especially if I'm doing an NBA G League game in Delaware, because I do the Sixers affiliate, which plays in Wilmington, I'll come into the office, I'll get there at 9 or around thereabouts, get finished with my work day at about 3, get in the car, drive two hours, do the game, which is probably about two hours drive back, which just takes an hour and 45 minutes, get home at around 1130 or whatever, and then we're back into the office the next day. That's why you, you're praying for a few back-to-backs. But I'd say this this winter was a little more strenuous than most because the team that I do open up a brand-new facility, which is great. It's beautiful. It's big. There's a lot of room, really cool, all the bells and whistles. But what it meant was that they spent the first two months of the year on the road, and so all the home games got jam-packed into a very small period of time, and that made it a little bit stressful at times. It was about a three-, four-week stretch where we had three games in a, re- in a week or three games in a row or sometimes four games in a week. So it got a little bit nuts at some points, but overall it was, it was fun, and it's a way to stay sharp. When you, when you get into baseball season, you, you think you're, you're all ready to roll, and uh, you don't have that – 
that transitional period back into it. You've always told me you don't like to be bored. I don't like to be bored. I don't do very well when I'm bored. And so that's probably why I do so much. But I think that it's kind of like exercising, I guess. You know, you want to strengthen all the different muscles that you've got. And by broadcasting other sports, it serves the same purpose. If you can do basketball well, then it makes you a better baseball broadcaster. If you're better at baseball, it can help you out with football. And then you get some other sports every once in a while that I'll do as like a one-off where I'll be asked to come in. And so I briefly learn what I need to know, and, and then we move on to the next event. So that's kind of the life of a, of a broadcaster is that you're going from event to event. You're doing game-to-game game type prep and – some teams you have for the season, some teams you see once or twice, and, and it's a nice variety that, that keeps you sharp. And so when you have that 140-game baseball season, you, you, know, what you're, you know what you're doing and you're, you're ready to roll as soon as April comes around. Uh, quick aside here about GW men's basketball. They've just hired uh, Jamie and Christian, uh, a man you and I know uh, very well. Uh, what, what do you think of that hire? I was so pumped. Uh, I think Maurice Joseph, who was the previous head coach at GW, he'll be a good head coach, but it was pretty obvious as the year went along that it was not going to be there. He had a, a recruiting class that didn't perform very well. Their best player got injured early on in the season. It was a team that was, I think, picked to finish second to last in the in the A-10. So everyone had a sense that it was going to be a challenging year. And when Jamie put up the numbers that he did at Siena, with his recruiting knowledge of the area, the fact that he's from this area, his brother Jarrell is the head coach of the Go-Go, the Wizards G League team, which is in D.C., the fact that the Go-Go GM, Pops Mensabansu, is one of the all-time greats of GW men's basketball, I kind of had a sense maybe this is something that could happen. And when they made the hire right away, I I texted one of the associate ADs and I was like, you guys made the right pick. Like, this is a great pick. And I was really excited that last Monday I was able to go up and see Jamie and, and Allie, his wife, and uh, go there. And, and I saw some people from the mouth there as well uh, for his uh, introductory press conference. And he's going to be great. And GW is a great tradition. And it's one that I'm sure that he's going to restore. And, and, and we all know about Jamie. And he came to the mount, made them great. He went to Siena for a year. I took a team that was expected to finish at the very bottom, and they're competing for a MAC Finishing title. Finishing the top four of the conference, exactly. Yeah. And a year that they weren't expected to do that, and now he's expected to to do the same thing at, at GW. And if he does, it will not surprise me in the least. And Jamie's a former shortstop. He he loves baseball. Might he make an appearance? Could you arrange an appearance at a Frederick Keys game this year? Oh, I'm sure I'm going to see him at some point. Usually, he would come out to games whenever he was in the mound. He'd send me a text when he'd come out and. Um, but I'm so excited he's back. He'll do great work at GW, and just to have him back in the community is is really cool. Yeah, I'm curious about your thought process at this time of year because this is the start of a real grind. I mean, everyone thinks the grind of a baseball season, they think the players, but well, hey, what about the sports writers and broadcasters too? I mean, it, it, it's a grind uh, uh, for all of us too. So what is your mindset at this time of year how do you get prepared for this slog of 140 games you're you're about to go through I guess the first thing would be don't think of it as a as a slog and don't think of it as 140 games whenever you look at something that that takes that much time and occurs over five months out of the year and you just look at the thing as a whole it kind of looks like Mount Kilimanjaro and you're like how am I going to climb up this thing and get through it but I think that the biggest thing is to remember that you're doing baseball on an everyday basis. You're getting a chance to do affiliated baseball, and you meet some cool people, and you get to learn some cool stuff and tell some great stories. And the season is, is kind of, and we've talked about this before, 
every day has a chapter and you're going from one day where it might be a really bad day and then the next day is great and you, you go from games that are maybe 2-1 games to slugfests and th- there's a lot of things about baseball that make it as fun of a sport as any to, to call. I love doing baseball. It's maybe my favorite sport to do uh, in terms of the events that I that I cover just because every day you really don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what kind of game it is. With basketball, you know you're going to play 40 minutes or 48 minutes depending on the level. Uh, football, it's the, the same thing. You know, four quarters, 15 minutes, and uh, sometimes you get pleasantly surprised and you look at the match and be like, oh, I think this will turn out this way or you think this will turn out this way. And, and And a lot of times you're right, but when it comes to – to baseball, it doesn't matter who the what the pitching matchup is. It doesn't matter what team you've got out there. Every day is different, and 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 any any given day, uh, the worst team in the league can beat the best team, and uh, sometimes even sweep the best team over a couple of days. And I think that's what I enjoy about baseball the most. But to to kind of get back to your original question, I think it's not looking at it as 140 40 days, but just embrace each day, and most importantly, get enough sleep. Because if you get run down in April, then it's going to be a long May, it, it June, will be, and it July. Will, it will be a slog at that point. Yes, it so, will. Yeah, and I think understand that it's kind of like kind of like the ocean. You know, it goes up and down, and there are lots of waves, and some are big, and some are small, and sometimes it's steady seas. But realize that that's just just part of baseball, and and embrace it. It's good. It's good life advice uh, too. Just when you when you have a big challenge, just take it little bits at a time, and and, and you'll get through it. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think I think too, and you can understand this. This is not my first season doing this. It's not my first rodeo. You get some people that are new to the league, and we have some new broadcasters uh, this year in our league. So for them, it's a little bit different. But for me, knowing the area, knowing the team. Even though the Orioles have restructured and they have new people at the top, knowing the organization and a lot of the people in Baltimore and having a familiarity with at least our manager this year and some other people on our, our, our coaching and, and development staff, that it'll make it a lot easier as opposed to coming in and it just being total newbies where you have to get to know everybody. There'll be, I think, a little bit more of that on the player side because there's some guys that I know, but there are a lot of guys that I don't. And so we'll, we'll kind of get to know everybody together, and hopefully it'll be a fun and uh, winning season. Man, you just referenced about three things I wanted to talk about uh, with you there. Uh, first off, uh, you will have a new partner in the booth with you this year. Tell us about him. Jack Keffer is my new broadcast partner. He replaces Kyle Hewson, who got a job with USA Hockey. Kyle's from the Denver area, and this opportunity is in Colorado Springs. Kyle was a great hockey player at UConn, uh, started as a defenseman for the the four years while he was there, and getting an opportunity to work in hockey, I think, was something that Kyle was really passionate about, and when he got this opportunity, it was a perfect fit for him. His father is the former Major League Baseball player. He is. Jeff Houston, who actually played for the Keys in a rehab assignment and hit a home run, which was which is kind of cool. Uh, I met Jeff. Jeff came to town the first year Kyle was here, but obviously with him now broadcasting for the Rockies, it makes it hard for him to get out. But uh, Kyle got this great opportunity, and so it meant that I was looking for somebody to work with in the booth, and Jack is somebody that I had gotten to know over the previous couple of years. I met him in person when he was broadcasting for the Wilmington Blue Rocks, which is actually where I came from uh, before I was in Frederick, and he had an opportunity to come out here and we were looking for somebody and the the situation presented itself that made it a good fit. And we're really excited that that he's out. He has a a fun personality. 
He's a little quirky, definitely a little bit different than Kyle. I'd say Kyle has more of a dry, has more of a dry, wry sense of humor. Uh, Jack is a little bit more outwardly funny, and uh, I think he'll do a great job. Um, he's wonderful. He's easy to work with and, and be around, and so I'm looking forward to kind of how the broadcast progress uh, with him on it this year and just sort of the, some of the new things that we're going to do. I'm talking to Jeff Arnold, uh, Director of Broadcasting and Public Relations for the Frederick Keys. Uh, baseball season is here. Season starts Thursday at Nemeo Field against the Winston-Salem Dash. Okay, Jeff, the Orioles are starting over in a big way uh, with an entirely new front office, new coaching staff. What has trickled down to the high A level so far? At this point, we don't know because you'll read about things, you'll hear about stuff going on, but until we get into the grind of the baseball season, I don't think we're really going to understand the the full complements of some of the changes that are taking place at the minor league level this year. If you read some of the stuff that has been out there about things they're doing different at the major league level and how there's more of a top-down approach coming into the minor league level, I think we'll see, I mean, we've read about this, is there's going to be more shifting because that's a thing that you'll see at the big league level, and they want to make sure that the players are comfortable with that. Uh, remember, it's Michael Elias coming over from the Astros and then Sig Dell, who's had a prominent role with the Astros in analytics, is coming over too. And so you'd see the Astros affiliate in the Carolina League, which was last year in Bowie's Creek, this year in Fayetteville, they would employ a lot of shifting when they would set up defensively. And I think you can expect the Keys to do a lot of that. That's what they've written about, so I expect that's what we're going to see. And the Keys did a little bit of that last year, but I think it'll be a lot more of that kind of taking the approach that the big league team is using and making sure the players are comfortable with shifting. I think there'll be an increased emphasis on nutrition too, I don't think in the past there there was a nutritional budget, but I think now uh, with this new regime coming in and understanding the importance of feeding these guys well and making sure that they're putting good stuff into their bodies so they can perform at the maximum level, I I think that's something that we'll we'll see too. Well, how's that going to work on the road at like 11 o'clock when when, when you're hungry and and, and need something to eat? Well, I'm I'm saying in terms of like meals that the players will have, like pregame, postgame. I I know, but but, but just the lifestyle doesn't always lend itself to to healthy eating, obviously. It definitely definitely doesn't. It's something we all battle. Even the broadcasters battle that that one too. But um, from just looking at some of the things that they talked about doing differently, I think there'll be that. And then there's the you know, improved technology and, and understanding of different modes of thinking and presenting different data and ideas and different things to players and coaches so that way they can start to embrace this stuff a little bit better in terms of the analytics. And, and, and to be honest, I don't have a great deal of I, an idea as to what that's going to be. A lot of it's proprietary data, so some of it's a, a good deal that I would imagine is not going to be not going to be shared, but I still think that there's going to be data presented to players and different pieces of information that they either didn't have access to or they didn't have as much access to in the past that these guys will have that they can use to to study what it is that they can do to become better players and also information that will be available to the coaching staff to be like, hey, to, to, to work with the players and to be like, you can use this to try and do this. The, the, the data and the numbers, the different things are showing this. And so I, I think that will be the, the biggest piece of this, but I think you, you combine that, you take you know the nutritional aspect, and then you take um, some of the shifting and just some of the other you know changes. That'll be, I think, how things are different from, from last year. But like I said, until we get into the, the, the start of the season and we start seeing some of this stuff, 
Um, I, I don't think until then are we really going to understand what the full the full amount of changes and and different things working uh, how how all these things working together is going to uh, to impact the the keys and some of the Orioles uh, other affiliates. Yeah, I mean, do you get the sense this will be a bit of a get to know you season for, for for the new guys, and you'll see more drastic changes next season? I think so, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I don't really. I don't really know at this point. I think we're all kind of – the, the guys who were, you know, the, the players, the coaches, they were all down at spring training. They have a sense as to how things are going to go and how some things are going to work a little bit differently. But you need to remember this too, how things will operate at the minor league system, I'm going to be interested to see just because you know, Brian Graham previously was the director of player development with the Orioles. They don't really have a farm director uh, right now. Um, I, I think you kind of think that Mike Elias and – Sigmaidel and some of the other folks with the Orioles are, are kind of running the, the minor league system. Kent Qualls is the director of minor league operations, and so he remains, but he doesn't. He didn't really serve in that. He was more of an administrative type guy with the Orioles, so it didn't quite work. The you know, Brian Graham was the one that made all the calls on moving guys up and down and whatever, and Kent was more of a, an administrative type. So I'll be interested to see how all these pieces are going to come together, how some of the new analytics and data and information that is available to these players that they didn't have before and how this information available to these coaches and managers how they use that to help out with the players how much they embrace that and and what things they're, they're going to need to do to to adapt to, to how the Orioles want to run their minor league system now because I, I think everything's changing and it's not only true at the major league level but it's equally as true at the minor league level and, and just to be clear here the Orioles don't impact or affect how the Frederick Keys do their business. They just control the on-field product. Correct. Uh, nothing else about the Frederick Keys and how they do business in the community or whatever changes, right? Yeah, there's a split between the, the baseball operations, what goes on in the field, players, managers, coaches, coordinators, all those different people that come in. That is all up to the Orioles when it comes to marketing, PR, groups, sponsorship, tickets who's being hired business and operations in those positions, right? exactly yeah. that's all done by dave zidelis our general manager right. and um the the rest of the the keys organization so we're an orioles affiliate we have a player development contract as it's called with the orioles and then the orioles take care of the player stuff and we take care of all the business uh, stuff is, is dave are, are you are you guys even orioles employees or are you no. employees of the frederick keys we're, okay. we're frederick keys employees so okay. everybody that works for the team year-round is a Keys employee. Okay. Uh, Ryan Miner, uh, former big leaguer, uh, former college basketball player at, at University of Oklahoma. Uh, he's back f- for another season as the Keys manager. Um, what's your working relationship like with Ryan? It's good. Ryan's really easy, and I think that he's really low-key, and I'm really low-key. I try and let them go about their business and do their thing. Um, I'm not somebody that likes to to take up you know space and I don't need to be everywhere I don't need to know everything I don't need to I don't need to be a pest I don't want to be a pest and so I kind of just let Ryan do what he does and let the coaching staff and everyone else do what they do if I have a question he's more than happy to answer it that was always the case last year if there was something I needed to know he would do the best he could to to help me out with it but for the most part um, it's just for me it's just I'm looking for someone who's low-key and easy to work with, and Ryan certainly is that. Okay. Uh, camp broke, uh, I guess, early uh, last week. Uh, the roster is out, and this, Jeff, looks like a team that's going to be able to pitch again. I mean, last year they had guys like Alex Wells, who appeared in the Futures game, Zach Lowther. And, uh, again, when you look at this roster for this coming season, the pitching staff looks loaded. 
And uh, the, the top name on the list is, of course, uh, D.L. Hall, uh, the number two prospect in the system. Uh, he's the, he was the number one prospect in the Sally League last year, and, and he'll be pitching for the Keys uh, this season. He should be fun to watch. I mean, he's a, a young pitcher, left-hander, considered maybe one of the, the better left-handed pitchers in, in minor league baseball. Last year in the South Atlantic League, he his record had, wasn't good, but, well, but but his ERA was great. But I think that like the, the if you look at stats across baseball that just don't make a difference. Win loss, yeah. win loss is like at the very top of the list. You know, win loss, RBIs, things like that are just like stats that don't really make a a big difference. And the numbers were good. I mean, he had an ERA of just over two. He yeah, closed out the year incredibly strong. And he'll anchor a pitching staff that, that should be great. I mean, th- remember, this is going to be a, a pitching staff, a starting rotation, I think, in large part is what I'm talking about here. It's going to be a starting rotation that is made up of a lot of pitchers that were pitching for the Shorebirds pitching staff last year, which was fourth in the South Atlantic League in earned run average. And the pitching coach from that team, Justin Lord, is the Keys pitching coach this season. So I think that's going to make a, a big difference, but but Hall is the one that everyone's excited about. Big time fastball, big time curveball. There's always an adjustment when it comes to pitching at, at Nimeo Field. But you might remember that last year when Lowther and, and Mike Bauman came up from Delmarva, I was wondering, I was like, how are these guys going to do? And you know, these first couple of outings, and they pretty much held their own uh, for for most of the time that they were up there. And so. I think that's maybe an encouraging sign, but but I'm not expecting it to be perfect right off the bat for DL Hall and Brennan Hanafy and it's tough when the weather is not really that warm. Exactly. Either. I think that can help out pitchers, but you're trying to get adjusted to a new league, new hitters, new style of doing things. There's just there's so much newness to it, and I think that take take the first couple of starts and and you know understand that. Judge him, but with a grain of salt. Like, don't don't be like, oh, this guy is not good after he has three outings or two out of three outings that that aren't his best. I, I don't put a lot of stock into that. You know, wait till they get their legs under them, see what they can do, and and many times once they they get a couple of starts, then they they find their stride and they're they're showcasing the form that that you're accustomed to seeing. A couple of a couple of other uh, additions to the pitching staff uh, pitched well in Delmarva last year. Uh, Brendan Hanafy and Cameron Bishop. Uh, Cody Sedlock and Matthias Dietz will be names that are familiar to uh, Keys fans. They were on the team last year, and, and they will be back this season. And h- how is this team going to be in the field? How is this team going to hit? Do you know? Do you have a sense of that uh, already? It's really hard for me to 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 under to to figure out how they're going to hit. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure how the bullpen is going to be at this point. Um, a, a lot of these names. You know, I know Luis Perez did some starting last year with Delmarvin. He pitched really well. I'm not sure if he's going to be in the rotation or if he's going to be in the bullpen. Uh, and then a lot of these other other pitchers, um, Burke, LeBron, Ming. Um, I know Ming had a, had a good season last year with Delmarva, but, but when I talk about new players not really knowing what you're going to get right off the bat, I, I look at the bullpen and I was just like, I, I know Stephen Klimek. I know Travis Seabrook. And, you know, Francisco Jimenez um, each had a, a degree of success the previous year. But until we actually get into the season, I'm not really sure. But as for the, the offensive side of things, uh, J.C. Ascaro was briefly with the Keys last year. Never really found his stride. He, he was at extended to start the year, and then Alex Murphy gets injured. And so J.C. comes up here, and 
he didn't really find it in the 12 games that he played, but then he went back to extended. He went to Aberdeen. He had a great year. He was an all-star, and so he's back, and I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to, to find his stride and, and do all the things that, that he does. Jomar Reyes is back for another year with the Keys, and I think you're kind of just hopeful that, that he's going to find a way to get, get out of the Carolina League. Zach Jarrett had a great season in the outfield for the Delmarva Shorebirds, so he'll be be with the team. Jake Ring had a lot of injuries that he dealt with last year, and so offensively, I'm not I'm not really sure. I mean, we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I think there's there's some some question marks at least for me as to like what are we going to get out of this offense, but uh, that's why you that's why you play the games, and I think we'll kind of all discover it together. Uh, the keys in recent years have had this really cool thing. They've had players with famous baseball relatives. Uh, we've had Mike Ustremski here. Uh, he was the nephew, I believe, of or the great grandson, ne- the grandson. Gran- those, of, of of the great uh, Carl uh, Ustremski. Carl Ustremski, he, right? You've had Preston Palmero, son of uh, Rafael Palmero, w- was here last year, and this year we have uh, Ryan Ripken, son of uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, that's a pretty cool thing that. Uh, to maybe uh, be at a game and and you you look over in the stands and there and there's a face you recognize. So. I know I know that's probably going to be you. You're probably going to be looking out all the time every whenever he's in the lineup to see if Cal is in the stands. But um, no, I I I don't know Ryan very well. I've never worked with him before, and the team just got here today, so I haven't had a chance to talk to Ryan yet. At least when this is being taped, but. I've heard he's a great guy. I've heard he was uh, awesome in the clubhouse and and a good guy to be around. So we'll uh, we'll kind of see what what how things turn out for him. First time he's ever been to to Frederick before. He was a first baseman last year with the Shorebirds, and uh, who knows, maybe he'll benefit uh, from the the friendly confines of of Nimeo Field. And it's one of the cool things that if you're a player and you come to Frederick for the first time, you realize that. I can do some damage in this ballpark. As long as I don't get outside of my swing, uh, this is a pretty friendly place to hit, and some players find their careers either uh, come to life or get re-energized uh, by the, the friendly dimensions of the ballpark. Speaking of famous faces at Nimeo Field, uh, your, your promotional schedule uh, is out. It's been out for some time. Uh, some of the names that appear on it, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. You guys always have a great wrestling legend uh, appear at the ballpark every season. Uh, Vernon Davis, uh, NFL tight end uh, w- 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 with the Redskins. Uh, he will make an appearance this year. But the name that caught my eye, Jeff, and then the name that's caught a lot of people's uh, eyes on this promotional list is one Leslie David Baker, who played uh, Stanley Hudson on uh, uh, on the on the Office. Are you an Office fan? I love the Office. Okay. Yes, and that I can't wait to meet. Uh, I, I hope to. I hope. I hope to meet. Uh, Leslie David Baker this year because I loved his character. I, I loved the show. How, how did you make that appearance happen? Well, we had heard for quite some time from fans that, that can we get an office night? And everybody had been asking for it. And when you do an appearance, it, or when you get someone to come out for an appearance, it's a tough process because you want to make sure that you're bringing out somebody that's going to appeal to a, a large group of people. Uh, and you want to make sure that it's something that investment-wise is worthwhile to do, and and sometimes trying to find somebody that will appeal to everybody, but somebody that's also within a reasonable price range, that's where it can get really difficult, and I'd say with the office night, it it kind of came down to that, but we knew that we wanted to get somebody from the office. Uh, I talked to uh, a team that had previously had uh, Leslie out for an appearance, and they had a great turnout. People loved him. They had a great time. And so we decided we were going to do a groups package. We figured it'd be popular. 
I don't know if we realized it was going to sell out in three hours when it went on sale uh, last week, but it was it was dynamite. And so we're really excited that, that he's going to be coming out. And it came together. I reached out to his to to somebody that I had a contact with that had access to him. Uh, we went back and forth numbers-wise a little bit, figured out a day that was going to work for everybody, got the approval from from Dave Zidelis and went about putting a package together that we thought would appeal to everybody, and it definitely did. And so we figured out what, what would work. And uh, August, end of the year, right before the kids are going to go back to school, weekend night should be great. So I'm incredibly excited about meeting him. I would probably say I'm not I'm not as big an office fan maybe as you are, but uh, I am I am excited to to meet him and I'm pumped to, to that, that our fans are going to have access to something that they've really wanted to see for a while and to to have this come together and to make sure it's somebody that they all really wanted to see uh, is is exciting because you, when we announced it, there was just an immediate rush of this is awesome. Yeah, again, that'll take place Saturday, August 10th. You already sold out uh, for that game. Uh, for our VIP package. Not not for the game yet, but uh, I would say if you're going to book tickets, uh, I would do it sooner rather than later. But the VIP package with him that includes a bobblehead and meet and greet, uh, that uh, sold out in just a couple of hours. Not not surprised. Do you think he'll greet fans as his grumpy Stanley Hudson self, or do you think he'll be, think be, so. be a personable uh amiable uh, guy <laughs> i mean i'm sure he'll scowl if people want him to scowl or if they want him to, yeah, to yeah, when he takes a picture w- with you will he, will he scowl or will, 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 I don't will think, he smile I, I don't i think he'll scowl if you want him to scowl <laughs> but i'm sure he'll smile I, I'd, I'd heard nothing but great things about about leslie and and how he was awesome to work with so i'm sure i'm sure he'll do whatever whatever you want him to do yeah a couple other promotional uh, highlights uh, you guys are doing a dylan bundy dundee that's part of it, yeah. The Dylan Bundy Dundee. Remember the Dundee Awards from the oh, from yes. the show. So, oh, that that'll be as part of the, uh, the part of the office night, right? Yes, yeah. that'll that'll be the the bobblehead first one thousand fans presented by Flying Dog Brewery. So, uh, once again, if you're going to come out, get there early because those bobbleheads go in like 10, 15 minutes. Okay, uh, Mike Knubel uh, will be will be at your park. Uh, former uh, uh, Washington Capitals right winger on on May seventeenth, which is a Friday night. Um, the next day, you guys will have Vernon Davis and Gary Clark, uh, uh, f- a former Redskins greats, uh, around. Uh, on April, uh, April 5th, uh, this week, you guys are doing a Brandon Klein jersey giveaway. What is that, a Keys jersey with the name Klein on the back? Actually, or? this is really cool. I don't know if I told you about this, but we actually got these in, and I, I got one at my desk. Uh, what it is is you know, we know that Brandon Klein, before he was a member of the Keys, not only was he great in Frederick, but he was also great as a high school player for Governor Thomas Johnson and had a great career and one of the best maybe ever pitching-wise in Frederick County a high school history. And so we wanted to do something that connected his time with the Keys to his time with the Patriots. And so it is a split jersey. So it is part Thomas Johnson, part uh, Frederick. So it's oh, going to awesome. be really, really cool. Um, presented by Window Genie. Uh, we told Brandon about the idea when we were at O's Fest, and he thought it was awesome. So we've kept him in the loop. We sent him some photos of it, and uh, we'll have a, a lot of shirts for him. And the, the people at TJ who we talked to about it, they thought it was a super cool idea, and they gave us approval to to use their, their part of the jersey. And so it's actually really unique. I don't think we've ever done anything like it before, uh, but it's a split Keys-TJ 
uh, jersey. And I actually, it'll be I super actually can't, cool. I can't wait to see it. It'll so. be great. Um, yeah, end of May, May 31st, also a Friday night, the ever-popular Cowboy Monkey Rodeo returns. So, yes. So, so lot, lots of great promotions that you, you guys are doing, as always, uh, this season. I was really pleased at the way our promotional schedule came together. And, you know, Aaron Lawson and Kevin Hernandez, who also played a big role in, in getting it done, Aaron kind of spearheading everything, uh, did a great job in, in making sure that we could pull this entire schedule together. And it's not easy to do that this particular year because the number one thing in that promotional schedule is the Carolina League All-Star Classic uh, presented by Visit Frederick. Too, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you're, you're trying to prepare for that and get some of the early things done but you've set your bar so high when it comes to your promotional schedule since I've been here, and so you're trying to get some things done, and you're managing your you know your All Star Game stuff and some of the other pieces and dimensions to your to your night. And then there are a bunch of great uh, shirt giveaways and um, jersey auctions and hat auctions. I mean, we've got some really cool stuff that that's coming out this year, in addition to the great appearances that you just listed off. So. We're really excited. We're, we're really pumped for it, and it, it came together once again. I mean, some years it's easier than others to bring your entire promotional schedule uh, to exactly what you want it to be, but I thought we did that effectively this year, and um, I think we're pretty well off uh, planning-wise for the for the Carolina League All-Star uh, Classic, wh- which will be in June. When is that? What, what's the date? I'm sure the grand- Tuesday, June 18th. I'm, I'm sure that date is grained in your head by now. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was like writing a, writing a radio ad about it earlier today, so <laughs> it was pretty easy to remember that one, and, and I've spoken to some different places about it, rotaries and, and the like, and yeah, we, we talk about that one quite a bit, uh, about the, the, the Carolina League All-Star Classic. It's it's a it's an all Carolina League game. It was a couple of years ago that it shifted from being uh, a Carolina League versus California League All Star game to just a Carolina League game. I it think seems it, more practical this it's way. It's much more practical. It, it was basically going every other year. One league is going to be extremely inconvenienced because if you're a player and you're in the Carolina League Flying and you got to go, the country. you got to fly across the country. So you basically get one day, and that's just a day where you're traveling back. So you you really have no All Star game at all. You're just Part of the time you're spent traveling, and then part of it you're 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 playing. And the Carolina League game, the the way it is with just how close the the league is, and and how it's geographically relatively easy to navigate, it just made so much more sense when you added two more teams into the league that would just be a Carolina League game. And so we're excited to have it. First time that we've had an All Star game since 2005. Nick Markakis was in that 2005 game and was the MVP of the game. And so, who knows, maybe we'll see a, another key uh, make it, be the MVP, and go on to a great big league career like Mark Akis did. Okay, a couple of things before we go here. How do we listen to your broadcast this season? Once again, we'll be on the, the TuneIn Radio app, uh, frederickkeys.com. You know, more and more teams are doing their broadcasts digitally. You're, you're, you're seeing less on terrestrial radio, and, and even some NHL teams, the uh, the New Jersey Devils are, are one, the Los Angeles Kings are another one, are doing only digital broadcasts, and they've gone across really well from what I've heard. And so this will be our second straight year where we're on frederickkeys.com and the TuneIn radio app. So all you got to do is you can go to TuneIn, you can download the app for your phone, your iPad, um, Android, whatever, and you can listen Anywhere you go, it can be at home, in the car, while you're out taking a walk. It just wherever wherever you are, we're right there with you. And so we'll have all 140 games, uh, 70 at home, 70 on the road on the TuneIn app. We'll start 15 minutes before first pitch, and we'll have a 15 minute Musket Ridge Golf Club. 
post-game show. Okay, and, and and lastly, we're about to here we go. We're about to get this thing started. I mean, what are you looking forward to the most? I would say that it's probably to see the pitching staff and to to see what DL Hall is is going to bring to the table. I'm sure there's a lot of a, a focus on him right now, especially with the Orioles being in a rebuilding mode and the team talking so much about the future and the pieces that are in the minor league system. I'm sure I don't know him yet, um, but I'm sure that there's maybe a little bit of pressure there, but I'm ex- I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, the pure stuff that I that I heard he flashed when he was at Delmarva last year made it one of those things where I was like, I'm excited to see how he's going to pitch. And then some of the other pitchers as well, uh, and after they come off great seasons at Delmarva, can they uh, translate it well to Frederick? And then just to see what the new Orioles leadership is going to bring to the minor leagues and how they're going to run things differently and some of the new technology and thinkings and styles that they bring down to the minor league system and how they're going to use those things to take what has long been a, a minor league system that has been you know probably at its best maybe in the middle of the of the major league pack and uh, make it one of the best and, and hopefully provide Orioles fans uh, what Astros fans now have and that is not only a great team at the major league level, but one that is homegrown and also one that is rich with prospects in its minor league system. Uh, the Orioles, of course, have the number one overall pick in the in the June draft. Do you think there's any chance that we see that player in Frederick before the end of this season? It could happen. I mean, last year one of the Astros' top picks that they had was a guy named Seth Beer, uh, who ended up in the Carolina League after he started off in the New York Penn League. So they pushed him up there, and if you get somebody um, – like the the catcher for Oregon State, um, who is considered to be one of the the favorites to be taken number one overall, maybe you do see him as your as your uh, number one overall pick, and maybe he does come up to Frederick at some point. I, I certainly wouldn't put it out of the question, and I think we're going to see some things uh, done a little bit differently than they've been done in the past. All right, Jeff Arnold, the very fine broadcaster, director of broadcasting and public relations for the Frederick Keys. As always, sir, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg. Thanks to producer Graham Cullen. Thanks to our very fine sponsor, PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance in Frederick. And thanks to all of you for uh, listening and tuning in once again to the Final Score podcast. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department, and we'll see you back here next week with another episode. (laughs) 